So hello and welcome to the New Gig Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Hodgson, and today I'm delighted to be joined by the Head of Public Policy for the Nordics and Delivery Services at Bolt, Mr. David Motanda. How are you doing, David? Well? It's interesting times we live in. It certainly is, and I think this would be a great opportunity to basically give us a little bit of uh, a potted history of sort of uh, yourself, uh, but also Bolt to let everyone know about uh, what you do, what the plans are for 2022 as well. Um, myself, honestly, Bolt is probably much more interesting, but, but very <laughs> short about myself. Uh, I joined the telecom industry late 80s, beginning 90s with the hope and view that telecom was the future. And then it took like 10 years till I realized that actually it wasn't. It was digitization, which was supposed to fill the world with meaning. So I did that for eight or nine years. And then I came to realization that it is actually mobility, which is the true quest and call for us all. So that's where I am right now. Um, Bolt is a, it's a European company first. And I, I, think, I think that carries a lot of importance, especially when we talk about the issues we're, we're going to discuss today, platform yeah. issues. Um, born out of Tallinn, born out of Estonia, 13 years ago, founded by two brothers, Martin mm. and Markus Willig, who both are still active in the company. Uh, initially a ride-hailing company, and ride-hailing is it's the sort of app taxi challenging old incumbent taxi monopolies. Yeah. And then quickly uh, uh, expanding to more verticals. And today we have e-scooters being a very much debated vertical. Uh, we have e-bikes following in the, in the trail of e-scooters. We have carpools. We have food deliveries. And just as of a couple of weeks ago, and, and actually yesterday in Stockholm, we now have launched Bolt Market, which is uh, retail sales with the help of, of couriers with quick delivery. So we, we, have, we have a number of verticals expanding very quickly, but all of them are really based on the same concept of, of the platform, which is we can connect supply and demand very quickly and very swiftly. So all that's linked the short to, story. That's the short story, but linked to efficiencies, making things easier, but also the matching services between the people who want to work and the companies and organizations who want skills and talent. Uh, and this is sort of a crucial thing in that, uh, you know, the, the, the platform and the technology in between uh, is allowing this to happen uh, and to be able to hopefully gain and produce opportunities and benefits for everyone within this process. Well, so sort of, uh, if, if, you, if you would have listened to the debate some 10 years ago, there were those saying that everything would be online everything right. would be digital and we sort of lived under the presumption that the real world would disappear and, and that is not true of course yeah. uh, so i think what we see now is the emergence of industries which sort of match uh, the real world with the digital world and in our case uh, people or consumers have got custom and attuned to uh, first of all um, full information yeah they have access to all of the world's information and thereby, they can also make very informed decisions. Mm. And they've also yeah. got to tune to the sort of speed that comes with that. They have an expectation of quick delivery. Yeah. You do not order food delivered by post three days later. You want it <laughs> at your doorstep within a 10 or 15 minutes. And what we do is we can, we can match that quick, 
quick uh, expectation and quick demand. Mm. Uh, I think we do that by being extremely flexible and agile. Right. And flexible in all different directions and working with all our partners and also in the way we have operated our, 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 our platform. And this is where, where we are matching a digital behavior from a consumer and business side. Right. And where we are transforming it and we are confronting old structures. I, I mean, if, if, if we go back to what I think you want to talk about today, this sort of what's happening around the regulation around platforms. To me, at least, this is very much a transformation where we are provoking old ways of that. Well, this is the way we've always done it. Why do yeah. we need to do it in a different way? Well, the, the simple answer to that is there is an expectation from businesses and consumers and employers and employees to actually modernize a little bit. And, and, and that's what we do, basically. Well, you, you, you've segued beautifully into the, uh, the, the, the crux of the discussion today about mm -hmm. what's going on from a regulatory perspective, because with all this, with the, uh, the opportunities, there comes the threats. And there seems to be a whole swathe of, uh, uh, of legislation and policy coming from the national level, but also at the, at the, uh, uh, at the European uh, level from Brussels in terms of what should we do with this new thing we're calling the sort of the future of work or digitalization or gig economy, platform economy. Um, and it seems to be that the, uh, the, the, the initiative is there to actually do something but it seems to be not really fully understanding the, the changes that are underway, the evolution that's taking place, and also the way in which sort of companies operate through digitalization, but also the people who are uh, wanting to uh, work are actually sort of setting themselves up differently from the traditional nine to five, selling hours to one employer five days a week. Mm. I, I think there are many facets to this problem. Um, one which I think we all need to remember is that the, the, the platform economy and the business models based on it and the ecosystems we see now, they're no more than two or three years old. Right. And we are, we are very quickly evolving and we are learning and we are developing. Yeah. And, and if ever, I think one could raise the question of, are we talking about premature regulation? I think this would be now because yeah. premature regulation, which is, runs the risk of, of killing and, and stopping a business of evolution, which actually ought to be very sound and, and helpful for society, is not yeah. good. And, and we, we do not yet know, I think, enough, and there's no evidence, and there's not proper analysis of the consequences yet, and still we are rushing ahead with yeah. quite severe regulation. Yeah. I think, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that is a reason enough to stop it, but I think it yeah. ought to at least lead us to a certain moment of consideration. Yeah. Um, then you also have uh, uh, another angle, which is much of the platform business and the business models are an import to Europe yeah. from California. And the underlying social values doesn't necessarily look alike. And I think there are some fundamental social European values that we would do better to adhere to rather than just push through an American model. Right. I think yeah. if, if you look at the, for example, if you look at the situation for couriers, we 
I mean, and, and this is maybe critical against us as an industry. We okay. ought to do more in involving them and introducing them into the social welfare system of our different countries and jurisdictions. Yeah. I think that that's that's also. Then I think you 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 said a very important thing. Thirdly, um, so far um, we haven't really heard the voices of the platform workers themselves. Right. We see very strong vocal others, but them who are really concerned uh, we ought to listen more to what their needs are and what their expectations are and what they actually want and then as a final point i think this whole debate and discussion which is is around a business phenomenon and a, and a business model which will deliver growth and jobs to europe mm. this discussion is done in a very confrontative tone and maybe that goes back to my point about question is are we a little bit too early we're trying to hit down with heavy regulation yeah i think we would all benefit from having a more open view on this and actually be actually looking a little bit down into the evidence and the foundations rather than just standing on the parapet and screaming very loud exactly and i think it is this this is a a, a tide that raises all boats as the opportunity to uh support job creation to support growth and support opportunities mm. and particularly for for groups that have maybe struggled in the past, young people, uh, immigrants, as a way to get into the workforce. And, and as you say, it seems to be an opportunity to actually think about what's needed as opposed to scream from some kind of ideological, <clears throat> particularly left-wing mm. viewpoint that this is terrible, the world's coming to an end. Whereas uh, at, at the, uh, the point in time we are, if we're coming out of the pandemic, that's a, that's maybe a moot point, but certainly from a societal perspective, as well as an economic and an opportunity perspective, we've had such uh, suffering over the past two and a bit years. We should be looking uh, together to work and collaborate to be able to create the opportunities mm. for the future, surely. Well, I, th I think we need to, because the, the, the way I think we, we would we would, on a matter of principle, agree with the Commission, European Commission, that there is a problem we need to address. Yeah. But I think we fundamentally disagree with the solution they have proposed. Right. And I think instead, it, 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 rather than drawing up the lines as you do now with a, a trying to distinguish between uh, employees and independent in the way that the presumption of employment is likely to work, um, that will only lead to companies not wanting to employ, withdrawing from that line in order not to jeopardize yeah. anything. And yeah. with withdrawing, I mean sort of stepping away from the taking the initiatives and doing the stuff that they really ought to do in order to improve the situation yeah. of couriers. Yeah. Um, I think we all agree that a courier, we, we keep on talking about couriers, and, and the discussion is, of course, much wider than that, but they're a good example. Couriers benefit from taking part of the knowledge we have about work safety they would knowledge from from being assisted in securing a proper insurance coverage they know right. they would benefit from 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 more education they would benefit from help in and sort of getting proper vehicles etc there's there's like a number of things that areas of development but mm. i'm fearing that when these areas of development at the same time are being used as requisites for distinguishing between and determining whether or not this is a presumption of employment or not, it would have the counter effect. Yeah. What, what, what we know is that in Spain, you had a similar legislation of presumption of employment introduced. Right. The consequence of that was exactly this, 
the situation for the couriers worsened. In, in Spain, they even introduced a mechanism for couriers themselves to set the price with the ambition of empowering couriers to set their own wages and new earnings. But the consequence was instead the opposite, that it became a race to the bottom. So it was actually <laughs> yeah. bad for yeah. everyone. And also the, the consequence in Spain was that the possibility to have this flexible workforce was right. quite limited. And instead, uh, platform companies had to hire. And when you hire, you hire fewer. So less people were actually employed and could make a living out of the platform industry than before. And I think that was also counter to what was expected. So yeah. we need to be very, we, we, we ought to be more in discussion trying to develop this rather than being so confrontative and putting it a legislative measure because it will go right. the wrong way otherwise. Yeah, and I think that the, the decision makers uh, 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 and policy uh, formers need to be able to think of this. They need to look at the lessons from recent history as well uh, and, and see what's worked, but more importantly, what hasn't worked and uh, the, 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 the counterintuitive results that can come about uh, need to be uh, avoided. And it's really sort of having that proper dialogue with the uh, uh with, with the operators but also as you say with the with the workers and so far the uh discussions have taken place at a very high level with uh, employers groups and the trade unions but very few of them really have an understanding of how this works but also uh what is the sort of the everyday hopes fears and wishes of the, the the workers within this sector, this is this is a massive uh, uh, gap that uh, that exists and uh, can just be the sort of the, the recipe for 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 bad legislation and, and as you were saying, unintended consequences unless something's done and taken up quite quickly. I mean, make no mistake. I am very aware that we as a platform company need to do more. On, right. on many levels. I'll, I'll repeat that as many times as you want. Um, one thing where we definitely could make more, try to find better ways is, uh, you know you know the Swedish comic series, Bamse? Yes. There's, yep. there's a saying in Bamse that if you are really, really strong, then you have to be really, really nice. Yep. Now, yep. I, would, I would not argue that Bolt is really, really strong, but there's a sort of, if you look upon it, then of course, an individual courier Mm. would not maybe have so much power to secure changes in the business model of a bigger platform. And one thing that we definitely need to improve and develop is how do we provide the couriers and, and drivers and whatnot with a platform to talk with a joint voice to platforms? Yes. And how do we create it with a representation? Does it by necessity have to be the unions or is there another way to do it? Um, mm. We mm. have launched an initiative in Lithuania Bolt where we have uh, we have helped create a courier and driver association, a foundation. Right. Yeah. Uh, making very, very careful that we do not influence it or have any influence or any insight or anything like that. But with the hope that with this, maybe we can empower drivers and couriers to better be a dialogue partner with us. Mm. And, mm. and I, I will, we launched this in December and I, I have high hopes that this would actually give us the feedback and the dialogue we very much need in order to de develop the model but also to develop the situation of of the driver and couriers so that that's just one example of what what we can do and what we ought to do and it's 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 easier to do those kind of things in a dialogue rather than having the the 
What's he called? The Domocles? The, the, the Greek guy with the sword above his head hanging. Oh, Damocles. Yes, indeed. Where it's Damocles, just, just yes. waiting to, waiting to, to yes. fall. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's a good approach. And also, I think there's probably an element in this as well that Bolt, with its sort of European uh, 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 history, comes at this from a perspective that it's not move fast and break things. It's actually wanting to do good and respect the social models of the, uh, that, that exist, particularly in Northern Europe, uh, and, and to be able to respect this and develop something that's not necessarily at, at odds with the, uh, the, the, the established way of doing things, just doing it better and doing it more efficiently. Well, that, that's the whole point of it. I mean, if, mm. if, if we can do stuff more efficiently and in a better way, then we will be successful. So, of course, that is, is, is what we're aiming at. But if we go back to the, to the relationship for the gig, gig or the, the platform workers, um, we need to be very, very careful here because we also need to foster a profitable situation for them. Because yeah. if, if, if we cannot attract, since our model is entirely based on voluntary, voluntary and, and, and people coming to us and wanting to work, we do yeah. not use shifts, we do not have any sort of obligation to, you only work when you want to and how. And, and the only way that that will work is if we provide them with attractive enough conditions. Right. So yeah. we, need, we need to balance both the efficiency to make sure that we are more leaner, more efficient than anyone else, and especially the old world, at the mm -hmm. same time, but fostering good conditions and good, good sort of earnings possibilities for those who partner with us. So it's, it's a balance. Absolutely. But so, so far, I think, I think we are proving by the day, we and our colleagues in the markets, that there's ample room for improvement to actually, to, for the, plat the, the platform economy truly has a role to play in the future. Yeah, Ex excellent. And that's good to hear. And I mean, just, just from the sort of the, Bolt has a very good sort of perspective. And just to just to just to give a bit of a viewpoint of is there a specific type of person who is doing this kind of project work or uh, becoming a partner with you? Is it a, is this specific individual or is it really very varied and very, very, uh, very diverse? It's very diverse. Uh, and it's also very diverse when we look between different countries. Okay. And in, in, in some countries, there is uh, more people have a second job. And in some countries, fewer people have a second job. And mm. in some countries, there are a lot of people who are unable to get uh, uh, a traditional job mm. and therefore would be more interested in this. And in some countries, many students see this. So it, it's, it varies a lot. And not only in the type of people that choose to work with us, but also the amount they work. I, I would argue that very few actually have this as the major source of income. Yeah. Okay. Most of them have this as a, a supplementary source of income. And that means that they can work everything from five hours a week up to uh, quite a lot of hours. Yeah. That differs a lot. And not only country by country and person by person, but also over time. Yeah, I understand. And, uh, and, 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 and also, and I think this is an argument which not all yet have understood. With the present model, very few or almost none of us operators require exclusivity. So okay. if you, Glenn, were to start working as a food courier in Stockholm, mm. you would most likely have all of us food delivery companies apps installed on your phone and you would choose which one you wanted to work for and yep. by doing that you would be able to optimize your earnings but you would also be able to optimize the time spent because you would find more work opportunity and less time standing still and i think that that 
moment or that 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 factor of non-exclusivity is really really important when we come to the question which i hope you're going to ask me soon the one well why doesn't this necessarily fit into the traditional model of employment and collective agreements <laughs> etc yeah, absolutely so, so multi-apping is a real thing and it's uh, you know something that's facilitated so you've mm. taken the words out of my, my, my mouth there, David. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm asking the question. You can now answer it. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, 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 it's an argument that we quite often meet then. Okay, but, but what's the problem? Why can't you just employ them? Employ them? And why can't you just enter into a collective agreement? And first of all, I would say that I don't think there's one model that fits all. There will be cases of platform companies choosing to employ because they want to be able to, to deploy shifts right. and decide when and how people want, for example. Or it will be a matter of they want to secure exclusivity for a certain amount of people. So there's no, not one model that fits all, but the basic function of the platform economy is flexibility. And multi-apping is one of those flexible arrangements. Yeah. And that makes it difficult to have that tied into uh, to, to an employment contract. And, and as far as I can tell, I can't see that the collective agreements and the normal employment models really can accommodate that, that flexibility that we need. Mm. Because mm. if it doesn't, then we will, we will introduce uh, red tape into the model and that, that will not be beneficial for us, nor for the couriers, nor for the restaurants, nor for the consumers. Uh, I am, however, repeating that I think the only way that this can develop and evolve in a good way is going to be in dialogue. Right. So I, I am... I'm, I am hoping that we will be able to have a fruitful discussions with the unions and the employment associations and others interested to see how do we make this work? Because that is the real question, not how do we regulate it or how do we kill it? It's how do we make it work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, we've come to that stage now. And I suppose the, 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 the natural follow-on question from that is sort of, you know, as a technology company and a mobility company, you... Uh, take the temperature of uh, what's happening but also your workers so mm. what what do they feel about this arrangement what what do they think about this uh, uh flexibility uh the, the the opportunities but also the challenges mm. that, that that they face in this change of work and change of lifestyle as well well i mean it, it's when whenever you rely on surveys you, you i mean it's like asking how long is a rope well that of course depends on where you cut it but I think it, it's the more surveys I see, they're all pointing in the same direction, yeah. that the majority of the people interviewed, and we see a response rate of around 20 to 25 to 30% in these surveys in general. So I think they're representative. Um, the majority say we want the freedom to choose when and how we want to work. Yeah. We do not want the shifts and we do not want to be tied, tied down. We, we did a rather large survey, uh, we as an industry, with, 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 with my competitors. I shan't name them because I'll take this opportunity just to talk about Bolt, but uh, the other ones, the other ones. Yeah. Um, we did a big survey with the help of Copenhagen Economics. I mean, if, if, if you Google Copenhagen Economics, you'll, you'll find the survey there. But, but if I recall it correctly, I think 67% of those asked said they want to keep the freedom to choose when and how to work. Yeah, and I think that's a very strong statement. Mm. That's a, but I mean, 
again, I, I, I want to repeat that I think we as platform companies have yet a responsibility to not let them float away by themselves. We have a responsibility to help them secure better working conditions. Uh, I mean, parts of what we see in terms of regulation when it comes to transparency, we definitely could be better at explaining how does our model work? How yeah. does the algorithm work? We can be better in helping them foster their possibility to be voiced against us. Um, insurance coverage, all of that kind of stuff. We need to work together with them. But at the moment, as I said, there's a sword hanging above us. that We need to make sure it does not fall down and hit us. Absolutely. And if you get too close and actually do uh, these things and help, the individual uh, uh, couriers and partners, you run the risk of being seen as an employer, so it's going to fall back on you. So it's a it's it's a kind of a, 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 a negative situation which needs mm. to be addressed uh, to avoid the un unintended consequences. It it seems like, and you know, maybe just to finish off, David, what what is what is the what does the future hold then in terms of the sector and also the uh, uh, the, the the specifics more broadly going into the, uh, the 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 digitalization of the world of work. What what should we be looking out for in the next few months? Before I answer that question, can I ask another question first? Of course, what you about can. the Nordics? You do what you, you want. To ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> now, there, there, there's one thing we really need to look out on, and that is we have just seen legislation from Brussels on minimum wages across Europe. Yes. We now see this, uh, which is about defining who is who and what is what. Uh, there is something we call the Nordic model, which is basically leaving to the parties of the labor market to decide through collective agreements in Sweden, LO and, and Svensnäsliv. Yeah. Um, the way I see it, this is very much threatening that model because we're mm. beginning to introduce boundaries. We're beginning to introduce terms and definitions, terms and definitions that, yes, they are to be implemented in, 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 in the Nordic law and Danish and Swedish and Finnish law, but yet they are still uh, able to be defined by the European Court of Justice. So the, right. this is Brussels moving in on a turf which previously has been protected by the Nordic governments. This is something mm. we want to deal with ourselves. And I think that question, will the Nordic model prevail or not? And I am a little bit puzzled with how lukewarm the Swedish government has been to this question and how, um, uh, what's the English word? There's no sense of urgency. There's no sense of, yeah. this is actually threatening something we've had around for the last hundred years. And I'm a little bit surprised that they're not acting on this. And I'm a little bit surprised that both Svens Nijnsleve and LO seem also so, so sort of just going on as business as usual. And I, if I were them, I would be very, very much more concerned. Exactly, and particularly since they on were, were wrong-footed and basically, let's be honest, lost the battle on minimum wages because they reacted too slowly uh, yes. and, and too weakly. So that should have been the wake-up call that was uh, that was necessary. You would have thought, but okay. Well, I mean, yes. we 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 have asked to be introduced and, and be included in, in in the consultation around this, yeah. uh, and and so far, if I understand it correctly, the government is not very interested in talking to us as as the platform industry. Right. And that is a little bit surprising and, to be honest, a little bit sad because I think we can actually bring in good insights to, to the debate, the discussion. It should be self-interest, indeed. So It, it should, the, shouldn't it? Yes. The, 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 the door is open and the offer is there. That's what we can do. And we, it, it will remain <laughs> open and the offer remains yes, there will. every year, yes, it does. every week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's important. But your That's final important. question was what? 
that, that was basically about what are we going to be seeing over the next uh, weeks and months as we as we go through 2022 in terms of the uh, the approach, but also how the the world of work is changing. What is the uh, what what is your thoughts? If I can ask you to get your crystal ball out and give us a bit of a uh, a bit, bit of an input and a viewpoint. Uh, we are primarily a mobility company, so we work with moving stuff back and forth, which could of course be food, but also people. And I think what I'm hoping is that we will see a more holistic approach to this. Uh, we have all seen the number of articles about e-scooters. Yeah. And in a way, if you read the press, you, you get the impression that e-scooters is the solution to all of, of humankind's problems. And it is, of course, not. Uh, so what I'm hoping is that we will see a, a more holistic view on this and we start to realize that, okay, cities have a congestion problem. We need to get rid of the cars. Cities also have a challenge in transforming into a sustainable city mm. of the future. Yeah. How do they do this? Well, they do this, of course, by uh, having a number of different options of moving stuff and also using modern technology like platforms and matching to make sure that people get the optimal way of doing this. Yeah. And that is what we're doing. That's called multimodality. I think this, uh, without being pompous, 2022 will be the year of multimodality. Excellent. So we're seeing this uh, th th this change. And again, all in the spirit of uh, technology, uh, improved efficiencies, uh, and also doing more and doing better with the resources and uh, things that we have available to us. So let's yes. cross our fingers and keep fighting the good fight, David, on these things. That's a very nice way to put it, yes. <laughs> Thank you for your time today, and we'll speak Thank again you, soon.